ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. We are now prepared to call South Australia. There's absolutely nothing indicating anything other than a, than a no victory in South Australia. And of course, with three states voting no, the referendum is defeated as well. This is a very sad moment in the country's history. The proposal and the process should have been designed to unite Australians, not to divide us. They've said no to division within our constitution. This moment of disagreement does not define us and it will not divide us. We are not yes voters or no voters. We are all Australians. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says the referendum was a moment of disagreement that doesn't define us. But what's the lasting impact of it? And what does the resounding no vote say about Australia and our democracy? Today, the hosts of The Voice Referendum Explained podcast, Fran Kelly from Gadigal Land in Sydney, and Carly Williams from Mandurabar, North Stradbroke Island, on the failed referendum what happens next. Fran and Carly, we know the voice has failed. Let's just spend a bit of time unpacking the result first. It took less than 90 minutes after the booths closed for us to have the answer, a resounding no to constitutional change, Fran. Yeah, it was over very quickly. Anthony Green called it at 24 minutes past seven. That was only four minutes later than he'd predicted he'd be calling it because the state vote was clear. Tasmania had voted no. New South Wales had voted no. We knew Queensland was voting no, therefore it was going to be all over. In the end, South Australia, I think, and it's with a very low no vote, was perhaps a surprise at the strength of that vote. I've been taking talkback calls on ABC radio across the country and most of the calls, probably 60-40 to be fair, reflective of the vote, Mm -hmm. were from no voters wanting to talk about why they voted no and wanting to make it clear that it's because they don't think they're racist, they weren't being racist. I want to say that I voted no because I didn't feel the full enough detail and I'm definitely not a racist. I voted no because this is... A very divisive idea, and it was never explained clearly. I feel we've been talked down to a lot by the Yes campaign, and I I don't think it's wrong to want detail and to want to understand how it's going to work when something goes through. So I, I voted no. We are one and three, and I want to keep it that way. I don't want to divide the country into two separate races. Anthony Albanese, he gave an emotional address afterwards, of course. He said he'd given his word to Indigenous Australians to hold the referendum. We must take our country beyond this debate without forgetting why we had it in the first place. It's now up to all of us to come together and find a different way to the same reconciled destination. I'm optimistic that we can and indeed that we must. Carly, what did people make of that address? Well, I'm hearing that many are blaming the PM. Some are calling for him to resign even. What I've heard from other leaders is it's not a great time 
to point fingers. Mm-hmm. Many people will want to do that. It's it's a time to reflect and start thinking about what happens next. Yeah, Carly, these Indigenous leaders who campaigned for yes, they want time to mourn this loss. It's an emotional time for many people, isn't it? It's an emotional time because it was such an incredibly overwhelming result. Every state voting no, the national population voting no as well. And there is this blackout of a week where leaders are staying silent. It's a time for reflection and rest as well. A lot of soul searching. Will government have a strategy for recognition? I know Linda Burney said there will be announcements coming, concentrating on those closing the gap targets. This is not the end of reconciliation. And in the months ahead, I will have more to say about our government's renewed commitment to closing the gap. My question too is, will government have a plan to help heal those First Nations people who have felt let down? Mm. Yeah, and I think will government have a plan for reconciliation? You know, we've heard a number, several Indigenous leaders, Marcia Langton was one amongst them last night on the SBS broadcast saying reconciliation is dead. Yes. It's very clear that reconciliation is dead. A majority of Australians have said no to an invitation from Indigenous Australia with a minimal proposition to give us a a bare say in matters that affect our lives. Others, some of the younger Indigenous leadership, basically saying we can't allow that to be the case. Australia needs to be a reconciled nation. We just need to find the way forward. Lydia Thorpe has said the way forward is treaty, but before that, truth-telling. But we need to get our people to a position where they feel powerful to be able to even be at the table. We're in a war. And you spoke to the independent Senator Lydia Thorpe on Sunday morning. She's described it as Indigenous people being at war. Now, I don't know what other word to use, uh, but we need to end that war. And the only way we can do that is through truth-telling, healing and ultimately a treaty. Because, you know, the language is really important, isn't it? Yeah, that was not, you know, that was not the language of reconciliation, Mm. I think. And that language is not going to be helpful going forward. Because as I say, at the same time, she was talking about truth telling. We have told a lot of truths in this campaign. And people have heard the truths of the statistics of young Indigenous Australians in prisons and the rate, the suicide rates and the, um, the gap in the mortality rates, for instance. Let's hope that they'll now you know, Australia as a country can acknowledge those and not just think, well, you know, we've said no, let's move on. We need to say, well, we've said no. So what is next in our process Mm. of closing the gap and getting that right? Because so far the process we've had in place hasn't been working well enough. All right. Well, the no campaigner, Warren Mundine, he argues this vote should never have been held in the first place. He says it was a huge mistake. They were promised something that didn't exist. This is a referendum we should never have had because it was built on a lie that Aboriginal people do not have a voice. Fran, I guess one question is whether this was a huge miscalculation by Anthony Albanese, given the resounding no. Did he make the wrong decision by holding this referendum because he seems to have badly misjudged the mood of the community? Look, I think... Anthony Albanese made the pledge to accept the Uluru Statement of the Heart and its calls for voice treaty truth 
in opposition. He made the pledge on election night he would call a referendum. He was not the first Australian Prime Minister to pledge a referendum for constitutional recognition. John Howard did it. Um, Malcolm Turnbull did it. Scott Morrison. They were all heading ultimately towards some sort of constitutional recognition. As it's turned out, it's been a it's been a big political defeat for the Prime Minister. But I think this won't stay and perhaps shouldn't stay in the political realm for too long. There will be that wash up. And I don't think this will have, will have long term political ramifications. Anthony Albanese and the government, if they can then get on with the business of governing, but not set aside their attempts to try and help in better closing the gap. Mm. Peter Dutton, the opposition leader, says the referendum was divisive. At all times in this debate, uh, I've levelled my criticism at what I consider to have been a bad idea to divide Australians based on their heritage or the time at which they came to our country. Well, some would argue that it became divisive when Peter Dutton didn't sign up for bipartisan support. I mean, that aligns with when the polls drop. Unfortunately, a lot of mis and disinformation really ramped mm. up, you know, from the beginning of the year onwards. And although not linked or not coming out of the official no campaign, it caused so many questions. It's interesting. I've spoken to uh, some analysts and and pollsters saying that elections won't be the same. Yeah, I think we're really going to need to look at our truth in political advertising laws there. We know that the uh, official no campaign and also the unofficial no voters spreading their conspiracy theories, you know, their messages were rife on social media and went unanswered for so long by the Yes campaign. Mm. I think that will, in reflection, be seen clearly as a strategic mistake. The big discussion now for this country, I think, and our political leaders is how we deal with this new era of social media, misinformation, disinformation. We need to get a better handle on this, I think. And awareness is is the start of it, but there's going to be have to be a big rethink about future elections. Prime Minister lent on Winston Churchill after the defeat, saying failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Fran, what does this result say about Australia, about us as a nation? Because Anthony Albanese argues it's a moment of disagreement, but it does not define us. It does not define us as people. Yeah, that tr- that's true. It does not define us as people. We are not yes voters. We are not no voters. We are Australians, the Prime Minister said. And I think that's a, a very good thing for all of us to remember today. But try telling that to some of the Indigenous leaders who are feeling rejected by this. And we have to, I think, understand that and accept that and, and hope that as as we move on, there will be gestures made that will make people feel included again. Yes, we are one country, but at the moment there are people living amongst us who I feel like it is not a united country, it is a divided country because they feel like they are so often forgotten. We perhaps need to do a bit more truth-telling before we're ready for another vote like this. Yeah, I was going to ask, Fran, what's next then on that? What does this mean for things like truth-telling for treaty, for closing the gap? I think there needs to be an investment in the Makarata process, as it's called. That was one of the elements of the Uluru Statement. The government have some money put aside for that. I think it is time to kickstart that and work properly at a truth-telling process so that 
all Australians understand our history and the history of the First Nation, the place of our First Nations Australians within it. I mean, we just voted no against constitutional recognition of First Nations people in the form of the voice, but that means our constitution remains without any mention of the first Australians, the people who have been here for 65,000 years. And I think most of us would agree agree that our founding document should have some recognition of the prior ownership of Indigenous Australians. And here we are without it, and we are unlikely to go to another referendum on this anytime soon, I would suggest. This has been such a bruising experience. So we need to somehow make it clear the First Nations people living amongst us that we acknowledge their, their long ownership, tradition and special place within this country and that's a process that needs to start from now. Carly, what message does this send to Indigenous Australians, do you think, and was it all worth it? Well, I think it depends on who you speak to. This is going to have a long tail, for sure, and I know Arnie Marge Anderson from 13 Yarn Uh, The Lifeline Helpline says that people are going to need time to heal and people are going to need time to understand that this doesn't diminish us as a people. We're resilient. There's mixed, mixed opinions and emotions in the community, but no one's emotions should be diminished. Fran Kelly and Carly Williams are the hosts of the Voice Referendum Explained podcast. Carly is also the ABC's National Indigenous Correspondent. Anthony Albanese has said he will not try to legislate the voice in the wake of the no vote. This episode was produced by Bridget Fitzgerald, Nell Whitehead and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.